This audio contains references to depression and suicidal thoughts. Listener discretion is advised. The first couple months were terrible. And when I started school, I was like for the semester again, I was like crying all the time in my car, in my room, because like not letting people know, because it's an invisible thing, you know. It was in my final year. I was with, you know, we had a big senior class of guys that were going to a big year of playing. I mean, we were looking to go for a national championship with rugby. And I had to sit out that, so I had to spend that whole season on the sideline watching my guys. Concussions specifically are really, really isolating. And I found that it really impacted my mental health in ways that I didn't expect and, like, set up protections for. My dad was, he's the one that really introduced me to the whole CTE thing. Cause like I said, to me, it was, it was, I, or when I was young, I would say I would die on that field in a heartbeat. Like it, that's, that's what it was to me. In the thick of it, like in the worst times of my life was going through the concussion stuff. I really, I didn't know if I would ever wake up without headaches or like if my life would ever be the same. You know, the training staff at SWAT definitely didn't want me to continue. Um, I know my mom didn't really want me to continue. Uh, and then, you know, based off the advice from the doctor, uh, it just kind of was a decision that was forced upon me rather than what I wanted to do. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed. In recent years, a long overdue surge of attention has been brought to concussions, post-concussion syndrome, and the long-term effects of hits to the head. It comes as no surprise that concussions and sport are an unfortunately tight-knit duo. The CDC estimates that anywhere between 1.6 and 3.8 million sports and recreation-related concussions occur in the U.S. each year. And there are all kinds of troubling stats within that. Two in ten high school athletes who play contact sports will suffer a concussion this year. Five out of ten concussions go unreported or undetected. An athlete who has sustained a concussion is four to six times more likely to sustain a second concussion. In football, injuries associated with the brain occur at a rate of one in every five and a half games. Yeah, I can rattle on the numbers for paragraphs, probably. It can be easy to forget, though, that these stats are a measurement of people. People who have been affected personally by concussions. That's what this episode is all about. Bringing a personal storytelling element to stats like these. Today, September 20th, 2019, is National Concussion Awareness Day. And in honor of that event... Run Along presents six stories of athletes who were forced out of their sport because of concussions. Their experiences are varied. Different sports, different levels of competition, two concussions, five concussions, some still have symptoms, 
However, all six have one thing in common. They were confronted with a decision. They could potentially harm their well-being in an irreparable way by continuing to do something they love, something that has always defined them. Or they could say goodbye. They could weigh logic over emotion and walk away in order to protect their future. So I'm Jess. I'm 21. Um, I was playing collegiate lacrosse at the Division Three level, and I played three years of varsity lacrosse. I got a concussion at the end of my junior year that kind of messed me up and kind of ended things for me. So was it one concussion? Well, I have had one previously. Um, funny enough, I got it from dancing in my bathroom, <laughs> and I swung my head into the wall when I was um, a sophomore in high school. And everyone kind of thought that, like, that was ridiculous, you're faking, you're a drama queen. And because, I don't know, my family growing up and, like, the sport has this culture of, like, you have to be tough, I ended up playing in a tournament after that first initial concussion, um, which wasn't smart. <laughs> so my second one, obviously, um, has been rough. So how was the coping process for you when the decision was made um, to walk away from your sport? Well, this is still very recent um, mm. because my concussion was last August. It was not August, God, um, April, uh, April 20th. So I didn't think. Did you remember that because of 420? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, continue. Sorry to interrupt the yeah. series. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so after it happened in April, I thought like, oh, like this will be fine. I'll get over it real quick. But then I had finals right around that time, too. And my 21st birthday, I spent alone in, like, a dark room because I was just so messed up. Mm. And again, like my previous one, I tried to deny that it was actually a thing. I was maybe just dehydrated or had allergies and I was being a drama queen. So I played in another game, which wasn't too great. Like, lacrosse isn't the only thing I have. I'm really involved in my major and my job, and I love to write and read and help students um, because I'm probably going to pursue being a professor. Mm. I'm looking at grad schools right now, which has made this whole concussion thing so annoying um, because I have to read all the time and write all the time, and that's my uh, trigger for my symptoms. What sorts of symptoms are you dealing with right now? It's been mostly visual, reading, writing, driving. Um, I went to vestibular therapy for a couple months during the summer, and now I'm in vision therapy, which hopefully should help. All these doctors have told me, like, maybe not, but, like, other people are telling me not to close the door completely because it is my senior year, um, but yeah. I have to be logical and rational and think about my future, and you're right, you need a brain. How involved do you think you'll be in the spring, if at all? Are you, like, involved with the team at all still? So that's, like, where it's complicated. Um, so I don't know how involved I'm going to be. Right now, I feel like I'm ghosting them. But, like, I sent mm -hmm. everyone a message to kind of let them know where I'm at. But yeah. it's it hurts to kind of see them and see them practicing and stuff and not yeah. being able to participate. Um, do you have any advice for maybe an athlete that's facing a similar situation, thinking about their retirement because of concussions or like that? The first couple months were terrible and when I started school I was like for the semester again 
I was, and when I had to tell my coach about like stepping away, I was like crying all the time in my car, in my room, because like not letting people know, because it's an invisible thing, you know? The culture around sports is really hard when it comes to concussions, I feel like, because we're always taught like, you got to push yourself, push through the pain, like struggle is good. It'll make you stronger, but you only get one brain. And at the end of the day, most of us aren't going to go on to become professional lacrosse players or whatever. And we have to think about our future in that case. And it really sucks and it's really hard, but you might find other things. Like I love weightlifting. I love doing like hit workouts. So you'll, slowly find things to kind of fill that void but yeah. you just gotta keep on keeping on i guess one day at a time my name is chris leatherwood i'm 25 from tennessee i played rugby i played started playing when i was in seventh grade all the way up to college and i played on some men's select sides clearly like usa south and some all-star teams so played a Decently high level, but nothing too insane, not professional or anything. Right now, I'm in the process. I've got one more semester of college. I am currently working as a server and do some other part-time work. Last big concussion was from a swimming accident in between our seasons. And then the what caused me to have the post-concussion syndrome and all that is I hopped into training too early and got another knock to the head which caused the post-concussion and all that. And so that's what's kept me out of it. And that had me out for about a year. And then I tried hopping back in again and a little bit too soon. So I had a small, like, repercussion of, whatever, of what all happened. He brought back all the symptoms. So right now what I'm doing is I'm taking time off. I'm pretty much 98% of the way healed. And what I'm wanting to do is take a couple of years off. And I still play – I still coach – high school rugby now and then i play touch rugby non-contact stuff like that so it's something that i would like to keep a door I'd like to keep open in the future if possible but i want to take definitely a few years off and let the brain heal so how many concussions have you had uh the big ones i've noticed and gotten like on medical record are two but then there's been in between there i've had you know the couple ones where you just get rocked real hard and a little dizzy and then keep playing, but nothing that's ever really sidelined me. I'm always going to want to try and do some type of physical activity in my life. And I mean, I think about it every day, if I should permanently stop trying to play or if I should continue. My thinking is right now, I mean, if I can take these years off and then eventually go back into it, in the four or five years of playing, taking off rugby, I'm planning to spend this next year planning on going to the military for a couple years doing that. So there's going to be risks in there of getting into a concussion and doing that so i'm going to be trying to do something physical but there's always going to be in the back of my mind if i get another big concussion i'll probably have to hang it up can you talk about what that was like whether it is the physical or the emotional the psychological of being away from your sport because of the post-concussion syndrome uh i mean it's it because it was in my final year i was with you know we had a big senior class of guys that were going to a big year of playing i mean we were looking to go for a national championship with rugby and i had to sit out that so i had to spend that whole season on the sideline watching my guys and then on top of that i mean i was extremely depressed from the concussion because i couldn't do all the things i love you know, rock climbing working out running rugby and stuff like that i couldn't do any of that so i was basically sedentary sitting at home 
doing nothing. We couldn't even really watch TV, and school was really hard. So I was depressed from that, and then just the physical pain I had from the concussion. I mean, it felt like I had a mild to low migraine for nine months. And so I got to the point where I'd forgotten what it felt like to not have that feeling. I just thought that was going to be permanent. So having all that really sucked. Uh, it's just really weird going through all that and then being able to feel like you're completely normal again. One of the things that helped get me out of you know that depressive state of probably not being able to ever to help, ever to able play again is still being involved in the sport. I mean, I, I found coaching that way. I was still able to be a part of the sport and do things with the sport, everything that I could except for the contact side. So my advice would just be stay a part of the sport without getting in like in a game. That's what helped me in. I mean, whether you're doing, like, uh, communications with it, broadcasting, something like that, coaching, management, all those kind of things, it, it's helped me out stay and, like, bring peace to having to step away and hang up the boots. Um, my full name is Julie Hans. I used to play soccer at Haverford College. I was the goalie for three years and then I am now um, coaching two club teams and still a student and um, helping out coaching the goalies at, on Haverford's team. Um, I got a pretty bad concussion when I was a freshman in college and I was out for about a month or two and then I was doing great and junior year I pretty early on got um during practice just nailed in the head with a shot and you know I was I took the impact test a week later and was totally fine I passed it and then um about like a month after taking the impact test and playing, I was still having symptoms with my eyes, just not being able to focus and not really being able to process what I was seeing. So yeah, I started doing all of this neuro-ophthalmology physical therapy and found out I had post-concussion syndrome and my eyes just weren't like functioning together well. And this summer, so the summer going into my senior year, I went back to the doctor and was like, hey, I still have all of these symptoms and like kind of feel like shit. And then he basically was like, you can kind of play your senior year, but um, you probably would never be able to coach or play again because it would mess up your head so much. And also like, don't do that you just technically could play so then I decided not to play my senior year yeah and you have an interesting perspective or experience right now you're currently still involved with the team in which you're playing so what's that been like um it's been an interesting adjustment I think it was a smoother adjustment than I was expecting it to be um (laughs) where you know, we call the goalies goalie land and goalie land was already a very like instructing and we all coach each other environment. So that was easier to slip into. Um, but it was definitely a tough adjustment. Our team, my team went abroad right before the week before preseason 
started and that was I think I think um I think that was the first time that anybody on my team had ever seen me cry so that was interesting you know it was like a tough but manageable manageable adjustment because there was no way that I wasn't going to be like involved in some way with the team for my senior year I am I think probably the team's cheerleader I would team myself and I lose my voice every game still I did when I was playing and I still do it now so it does seem like your your athletic identity is is kind of protected right now in like a in a cool and supportive way because you are still able to be involved so you're still very much I would think like a student athlete at Haverford yeah, I think it's been a bit weird, like, seeing people um, and then being like, are you still on the team? And I don't really know how to answer that in a short way, because I don't feel like, yes, completely, but it's hard to get into in passing with people. Um, so I would say, yes, I'm definitely still a student athlete, and I still participate in like all the team functions but it definitely feels like a different perspective but not necessarily in a bad way how do you feel like being at a school like Haverford has maybe helped in this transition for you I definitely think that Haverford being d3 and then also like me having a complex relationship with my team and to create my own identity it was something that I was already working on that the division three environment allowed me to pursue yeah I mean I will refrain from using the word blessing in disguise because that's not, not what this is but you know I think senior year no matter whether you're a student athlete or any sort of involvement you have on campus you are kind of in this like one foot in college yeah. world and like having to think about getting one foot out of it and I yeah it's interesting how the concussion kind of is like it encouraged that process and that thinking in a different way yeah and it definitely made I was talking to one of my teammates who graduated last year and she was saying that it's definitely a different experience what I'm going through but it like in some ways is a bit easier that it just doesn't all come crashing down with one game like I saw that coming for eight months, you know, so it's a little bit, it's a different adjustment, not easier or harder, but definitely like maybe less traumatic and ripped away. Interesting. Yeah. And then my last question for you, because you are a sage old senior now, <laughs> yeah. um, do you have any advice for someone that may be facing a current situation a similar situation with concussions and looking at the end of their athletic career. I do indeed, actually. Um, I would say that a few things, one concussions and injuries in general, but concussions specifically are really, really isolating. And I found that it really impacted my mental health in ways that I didn't expect. And like, set up protections for so if you are dealing with the concussion and you're having to be in your room alone with the lights off which is just inherently really isolating um making sure that like when you do start if you do start feeling that like depression or whatever mental health it may be creeping in just like making sure that you have 
resources and people to talk to. I think the thing I wish somebody had told me when I was dealing with all of this is that like you actually do know your body very, very well. So I think just like listening, actually listening to your body and if something doesn't feel right, if something feels slightly off, just like making that a call. I would say I'm grateful for all of my friends, but specifically like the people that I live with. I don't think I would have gotten through everything without them being there for me constantly. I am definitely grateful for my girlfriend and my parents just listening to me rant and cry and be mad at the world and everything and just them being there every step of the way. Uh, I'm Brian. I play lacrosse. I played at the Division One level in college, and now I work as a software developer. Concussions are the reason I stopped. I ended up stopping after last summer. I sustained my what would inevitably be the last concussion I had, and I got the typical concussive, you know, symptoms of headaches and the whole nine yards there. But what ended up happening is, unlike the other ones, is this one didn't, you know, the headaches never really went away. Mm. So um, about seven to eight months of every day, wake up, go to bed, just headache uh, while I was in school. And then at some point, they started to fade away and get a little better. And now I would say it's a uh, occasional thing. Sometimes I wake up with one and it goes away. Sometimes I have it for a whole day. Sometimes I don't have one at all. Um but yeah, I mean that's the reason I ended up I ended up stopping because at some point you sit there and you you know you you have an evaluation and you realize this this sport isn't going to carry me for my whole life. It's not something even no matter how passionate I was about it, it's not something that's going to uh, you know, pay the bills, so. And so walking away from the sport, how was that coping process for you? Uh, so I never entirely walked away in a sense. Uh, I stopped playing contact lacrosse. I still have a stick. I still play wall ball. I still go to the field almost every day. Um, I coach multiple teams at this point, but it's not the same as playing. And it was very difficult because I use lacrosse as a lacrosse is my big coping mechanism throughout life. When, um, my mother passed when I was in high school. Lacrosse was like my escape route. Lacrosse was what put me and my brother really close. So it was obviously a very large, you know, determining factor in my life. So, and I love to play, man, because the way I described it is when you're playing and when you're in the game, you're not really thinking about what trials and tribulations you have going on in your life. You're just thinking, okay, I, you know, I got the ball, I got to score, whatever your next objective is. You're not, you're so focused on the game that really everything, uh, Everything else just kind of phases out of existence, which is really nice. It's uh, really therapeutic. So walking away was really hard. Um, for a while, I just didn't have any real motivation to do anything. I was kind of like, what's the point? Because my driving factor was like lacrosse. Everything was get better, play harder. It was real difficult. You know, there was a, there was a while where there was a complete lack of passion and I mean, it's just hard. It's hard emotionally. It's like, you know, losing anything close to you, really. And people that play sports and treat it dearly as a passion will understand that it's it's hard to just give something up like that, especially when you're 21, 22 years old. You're thinking, I want to do this till, you know, I'm like 60, but suddenly you got to quit and you're, you know, you're in arguably peak physical condition when it comes to your lifespan. You're ready to go. So <laughs> yeah. it's hard. It's real hard. The sad truth is, is due to the, you know, rising research and concerns with concussion but the lack of uh 
the lack of really media attention and such before recent history, it's hard to find similar cases. It's hard to find really um, groups of people that, that have good advice and that can help you. I mean, your best bet is honest to God, and it's, it's hard for younger people especially, but um, early on, if you've only had one or two, try and think think about how you play. Maybe you duck your head too much. Maybe you go into scrums too much. Try and play a little more passively. That way you can elongate your play time. Um, and if you're coming up on the end where you're just like, okay, this is getting too much, it, it's gonna be, it's real hard, but you got to quit while you're ahead because ultimately, you know, like I was saying, cross and any sport really isn't going to carry you forever. And CTE and concussions, it's such a gray area. No one really understands because there's a ton of research and you know, CT, it's coming out. CT is caused by a ton of subconcussive hits. And you know, some people, one concussion just screws them up for life. Some people can get, you know, 20 plus and, and somehow they're still kicking. So it's such a gray and confusing area. But you got you to play it safe and find other ways to be involved with the sport. Um, and honestly, the biggest thing I did in college that helped me was I went to a, a, a psychological therapist. Mm-hmm. Um reaching out to someone that can help you cope with your emotions and stuff like that is, is, you know, and I understand that there's a stigma around it and how it might be viewed negatively and such, but it's, it's really helpful. It's wildly helpful. There were times I'd go in and I would be, you know, the only athlete, the only male in the whole room and I would go back to my session, but it still was wildly helpful. I cannot emphasize that enough. My dad was, he's the one that really introduced me to the whole CTE thing. Cause like I said, to me, it was, it was, I, or when I was young, I would say I would die on that field in a heartbeat. Like it, that's, that's what it was to me. And ultimately that's, you know, life is, it's a whole, there's a whole bunch of, you just can't do that. that yeah. if, if that's, if that's what you choose to do, make sure that that's at least the choice that you're making an educated, clear mindset where you're really evaluating all the variables. Cause there's so much to life outside of the sport and so much to be lived. And I won't forget, my dad was introducing me to the idea of CT and brought up the, um, uh, the NFL player that killed himself. Oh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading a ton of articles. I mean, left and right about this stuff. And the biggest thing I saw about CTE, and after talking to neurologists, is although CTE is a degenerative brain disorder, CTE is not what drove him to suicide. CTE gave him depression, and a byproduct of the depression is what drove him to suicide. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I saw a few uh, neurologists claim that if he got like psychotherapy and he went to a psychologist and stuff although the cte would by no means be cured obviously it's not a cure it would have helped him significantly cope with his emotions and potentially avoid that entire situation i try and preach it to the kids all the time because i'm very after being through it i'm very focused on like you know when i'm coaching i'm like make sure we're playing within the right confines and keeping your body safe and stuff as a kid i wish i had this to listen to because I feel like it would have been helpful. So whoever else may, you know, reach out and hear this and it helps. I hope it does. So my name is Kelly Conheny. Um, I was a former professional soccer player. Um, I played with Sky Blue in the NWSL and the Houston Dash in the NWSL and then went over to Sweden and played in the Damalsvenskan with Hammerby. Um, and I'm working for a company out of Chestnut Ridge. It actually started in, um, in the UK. It's a cognitive development training tool through virtual reality. We work with like uh, Premier League teams like Manchester United, Manchester City. And then we work with some MLS teams as well. And we're working our way into kind of like the rehab sector 
um, which is really interesting to me. And that's kind of like my real passion in it is um, obviously the soccer side of things because, you know, like when you're in like when you're a professional or when you're in the top like one, you know, one percent, like how do you get better or at any level, really? How do you get better? How do you get just a little bit, you know, like separate yourself? Um, and a lot of it has to do with like your mental game. So um, what's really cool about this is it's able to combine that along with like some um, new like concussion detection technology that we're working on just to help players get back to health and get back on the fields. Um, there are random requests to just kind of talk. I mean, I, and I love it because it brings people together that, you know, we would have never connected in any other way. So I think it's important, you know, that's why I put stories out and why I, you know, I am vocal about, you know, things that have happened to me and how I've overcome it. So um, I think it's important to talk and that's the only way, like I'm going to neurotrauma um, research, basically like a symposium in UCLA and I'm telling my story there. And it's the first time I'm going to be really like vocally talking about concussions and how it affected my life. So pretty difficult to write. Um, But also I am trying to gear it towards the researchers who need to kind of remember that you know they're working on people and they have a heart and there are stories out there that really affect people and everything they do kind of comes back to like how it affects a person a person's life so uh, that's what I'm sharing you know that's why I'm sharing my story there I think there's a couple elements to my story that like have given me like have given me kind of that drive to to do something with what I've been through and to kind of combine it all, which is kind of cool with what I'm doing now. took a while to kind of get there and accept that I'm never going to play soccer anymore at the level that I did. And, you know, I I like to say I'm 99% there, but there's still that 1% of me that really believes that I can play again, really believes that, like, I want to get back on the field and I can do it again. And part of that is because I did it. But another part of that is just it's the athlete in me and that, you know, that that person that just doesn't stop at, you know, when someone tells them that they can't do something, they have to prove them wrong. So, you know, there's I think I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, A lot of athletes can. And when like a sport has defined them their entire lives, it's like, who am I now? So I dealt with that, you know, for a long time. I think most of that I I really dealt with in like at in college when I lost the sport for the first time because prior to that like I I was never out like I never sat out for really anything I remember like my sophomore year I had like an extra bone in my ankle and it was like the end of the world because I had to sit out for like three weeks and like recover I was hysterically crying in tears and I'm like looking back on that now and I'm like oh my god I would do you know I would do anything to go back and 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 be in that same position now and that be my only my only injury Um, But I think, yeah, I dealt with loss of identity, like, right after um, I lost the sport in college and really didn't know what to do with myself. I felt like I lost a part of me that, like, defined everything that I was and, you know, allowed me to be exactly who I wanted to be. Like, when you can, like, really be yourself um, and express yourself, like, that's such a... It's, like, such a gift to be able to have that and to be able to, like, express yourself in that way. And then when you... I think that's a big part of of losing that is, like, how do I express myself now? And how do I, like, really, like, reach people because... And and who am I? Like, who am I anymore? This was the, this was the thing that, like, made me the most me I could be. 
everybody else defined me as Kelly Conini, the soccer player. You know, what I'm doing now and kind of like the journey I'm on finding what really is my purpose and what my ultimate goal is, it's kind of an exciting time to have gotten to this point to feel like, okay, there's, you know, there's so much more for me to do. Right. And you touched on something just a few seconds ago that I think is interesting and that maybe you can speak more to is how do you think that the concussion element specific, like heads, things are scary yeah, in a right. way, in a way that other things are not scary. Right. And can you maybe just talk about like the transition to the fact that there's life after with that one brain? Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. And I feel like you know, this was, like I said, I'm going to the Neurotrauma Symposium and I'm sharing my story there. And this has been kind of like, this has been where I'm stuck. Like, how do I, how do I even talk about it? Like, how do I explain it in the best way? You know, without, I don't like to sound like I'm complaining. I don't like to, you know, sound like there's like nothing after, after soccer. Like I want to be as truthful, um, as possible. Um, it's definitely affected me in so many ways. And, you know, I got, I've gotten through most of it. Like, I definitely still have some post-concussive symptoms. But in the thick of it, like, in the worst times of my life was going through the concussion stuff. I really, I didn't know if I would ever wake up without headaches or, like, if my life would ever be the same. Something that has really struck me that, again, is unique to concussions is the isolation factor, unlike with a knee injury or an ankle injury, you can still hang out with your friends, participate in activities outside of your sport, whether it's going to a party or being somewhere with light and noise. What were your experiences with that? The best thing to do at Virginia Tech is to go to football games. Aside from like playing in a soccer game, my favorite thing to do was to go to football games, to go to the tailgates, to go to, Mm -hmm. you know, stand in the stadium and jump up and down to enter Sandman and like, it was like the worst thing in the world to not be able to do that. And like, that's such a little thing, but like in the big scheme of things, like it's small, but like it really, it's just like the small things that affect your life that you're like, this is now different. I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm different now. I have to adjust to this like new life. So it's just, you know, kind of with concussion stories, you hear like what happened and how, how'd she get hurt? And was it like this dramatic, like, Oh, she was knocked out of the fields and you know her eyes were rolling back in her head and no that wasn't really my story like my story was like I took a lot of a lot of blows to the head and I never stopped and I never sat out and never took care of myself and listened to my body so mm-hmm. I think like in the hardest of times like I was really really lost and I really you know I didn't really know what was going to happen um but now that I'm through it on the other side like I I see kind of like I like to think in life like everything you know kind of has like you're you're on your journey and not that everything like happens for a reason but things happen and like you have choices in life and and you you choose how you want to live your life and I you know I went through a lot of the mental stuff like the psychological stuff on top of like the physical stuff I just was more depressed and more anxious than I've ever been and I felt like I kind of was like really self-conscious and like more aware of like what other people were thinking of me and all that stuff kind of combined together I was just like you know there were points where I was like what am I what am I even like living for right now and I never have ever felt that way in my life but I think um it's important to to talk about like nope because people do feel that way and you might not know someone's going through that but 
with concussion it's like so it's such a it's such an invisible injury that like you know we're told like as athletes like just get back up and be tough but like you know I've I've talked to and um, been kind of a part of different concussion discussions and one of the biggest things that stuck out to me that I've ever heard was like it's called Headway Foundation and they're they're side like they're going around the country and um, talking to you know different sports teams about like the new tough it's called like signing the new tough mm-hmm. initiative kind of thing where um, if your teammate or you are hurt or injured and you like have a concussion um, somebody has to step up and say something about it and that's that's the new tough I think like a lot of that I felt like um, not anybody's fault but my teammates didn't really understand and like for my whole life I've been you know, I've prided myself on being like the toughest person on the field and Mm kind of like throwing my head into places I probably shouldn't have and being on the end of punts and being on the end of goal kicks and getting in the box for, you know, heading corners. And um, it seems like what happened to me was just like a lot of those blows to the head, like sub concussive blows added up to these symptoms, which, you know, I took a diving header in my last game of my college career. And it was like, that's that was like the last straw that was like the last hit my Mm. body could take so and then all the terrible symptoms um came along with it and it was three years of like really just feeling miserable every day until I started getting better and I think that's everybody's story is different but there is an end in sight and if you see the right doctors and you follow you know the right protocol like and you work hard to get back then you can get back I think one of the hardest things is believing that you can get better and psychologically it's hard to it's hard to get to that place because you're like am I ever going to get better so you live three years thinking you're never going to get better but then you like you have to hold on to that hope of like there is you know there is light at the end of the tunnel or however you want to put it advice I think is is to talk about your symptoms with people close to you um 1000 percent because if you keep it in, it just makes you, it just, it just like gives fuel to the fire. Yeah. You know, and that, it, 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 you become your worst enemy and it, and it's, it's harder in the end and people care about you and they want you to reach out. Um, but they don't know, always know how to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, sometimes the best they can do is just being there. Um, and I think also finding the right doctors is vital. You have to go see the concussion specialists, and thankfully they're out there now. Um, I went to Pittsburgh Medical Center. That really changed my life. Um, and that's how I, you know, came back to play for another three years. So I think it's really good to see the specialist um, out there who can give you the best advice, who can give you different treatment options. There's so many treatment options out there. And then there's also, like, the psychological part, which, you know, I'm not out there talking about, like, publicly like oh i'm taking drugs but like if you need you know like i concussions affected me in a psychological way and i you know still suffer from some um depression and that's like Hmm. it's fine to take medication to kind of get you back to normal to just realize what normal feels like so it just gets that um chemistry like right back in your brain you know it just like kind of sets you to normal um but you know like there are so like i still have questions about like my own health and like my future so yeah it's a little bit you know it's a little bit scary in that way because i'm like okay what's what does my future look like if i like if i can't remember something i'm like okay is this like like an after effect you know example i played in a pickup game the other day and i woke up the next morning feeling like absolute 
poo-poo. <laughs> I felt terrible. I just, you know, and I felt groggy and the symptoms and I was just like, okay, it only lasted two days, but it's still, you know, I'm, I'm okay now, but it still hit me and made me realize like, and kind of brought me back. Like these symptoms are real and they, they were so bad. They really sucked. Like, I don't want to ever get back there. So yeah, I've got like a kind of different perspective on everything now in life and like the direction of kind of where I'm going. Um, so my name is Matt Brennan. Former basketball player, played at Swarthmore College Division Three. Um, now I am a um, analyst at Wells Fargo. So my whole life, I had played football, lacrosse, basketball. Um, so I don't know a lot of contact sports. Uh, ended up having a a few brutal concussions between high school and college um and then my uh i guess halfway through my junior season uh i got i think it was my fifth concussion um and i guess there's a rule we went to a doctor that specializes in brain injuries uh, in pennsylvania and there's kind of a rule in pa um apparently that you know once you have five or so concussions uh they they won't really clear you to play. Um, you know, the training staff at SWAT definitely didn't want me to continue. Um, I know my mom didn't really want me to continue. Uh, and then, you know, based off the advice from the doctor, uh, it just kind of was a decision that was forced upon me rather than what I wanted to do. Because um, honestly, uh, if it was up to me, I probably would have tried to continue playing. But uh, yeah, it is, it is what it is. So you felt like that door was still kind of open a little bit, even with all those other voices telling you the opposite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause I mean, it's what I've been doing forever. Uh, it was kind of my identity for my whole life. So getting that kind of taken away, um, and it was somewhat out of my control. It, you know, I just felt, I felt like I would be fine, but I mean, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, what if? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and how was the coping process for you when that decision was made uh, to walk away from your sport? You know, it was just tough because they're going to practice, they're playing, and, you know, at that point, you know, it was a little lonely, I guess. Uh, so that spring was kind of tough until the season ended and then everything was kind of back to normal. Um, you know, I just tried to dive into other things, you know, schoolwork, uh, working out on my own, that kind of stuff. Um, and then senior year, it actually ended up working out well because a couple of my close friends ended up not playing that year anyway. And that made the coping process a lot easier because we, you know, had our friendship still. And, you know, while they were doing basketball stuff, you know, we were hanging out and doing whatever we wanted to do. Um, and again, just focusing on pretty much everything else that basketball kind of takes your schedule away from, you know, everybody's looking at jobs. Um, so like that, it actually ended up helping in the fall because I was able to, you know, focus on interviews and all that stuff. Whereas I might've not been able to do that if I was, you know, deep in basketball. Are you still like trying to play pickup or anything like that? Oh yeah. No, all the time. Oh, okay. um, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't know if I should put that in the podcast. 